0: of the undisputed heavyweight
1: champion of boxing talk radio. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York, I'm Bill Caligero and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, blah, 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 to everyone out there, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located... On beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.souseneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. Let me say it again: 912-268-2328. Sals, give him a call. Join us. And speaking of Sals, join us. And speaking of Sals, join. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm the old, I'm, I'm stuck on that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, speaking of Sals. Join us. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I crack myself up. Sometimes uh, I I should crack myself in the head. But uh, join Sal and myself. Yeah, 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 that's it. For our next Billy C event, which is a week from today, January 19th, uh, at the beautiful Sea Palms Resort uh, on St. Simons Island. Uh, Sal and I will be uh, uh, showing you not one, not two, not three, but four. Yes, I say four classic fights on the big screen but no wait there's more because if you act now and come on down and join us we're gonna throw some food at you too yeah we're gonna have some food there for you and uh we'll have a cash bar and uh no wait you, you want more how about former world heavyweight champion ray mercer how about him yeah because he's gonna be there and uh probably some other world champions as well so uh go to cpalms.com and uh check out uh Give them a call and tell them you want to be part of uh, the Billy C. event on Friday, January 19th. Now, hey, you know, it's a Friday, so uh, plan on spending the weekend at the Pumps. Get a couple of rounds of golf in, if the weather permits, maybe hang out at the pool. And uh, don't forget, we're going to be crashing Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Uh, that's where you can find me during the week. I'm going to be there from Wednesday uh, through the weekend. And I'll be uh, hanging out at Sal, so come on by, drop in, and uh, say hello. Say hello to the guys. And, uh, hey, you always wanted to watch some of Sal's fights? You always wanted to see some of his memorabilia? (laughs) Come to the restaurant because you're going to see it all. It's all over the place. And you'll be hearing all his life stories from every single employee that works there because they'll give you and recite his life story. You know why? Because he plays it on the big screen all day long, 24-7. It's Sal Rocky Sennacola Network. Yeah, go there, be there. We're going to be. You know, I should should try and... uh, sell those it's sunday 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 back in like it's raceway park in new jersey yeah you, you gotta know what that is but anyway also today's show is being brought to us by my book yep tom mono from bondage to baddest man in the plane is available right now where all good books are sold get a copy right now where you're watching or listening to this show if you're looking to get a signed copy don't worry about it visit our website BillyCboxing.com. If you want more than one copy, don't worry about it. Drop me an email. Billy at talking Boxing. dot And did I mention? You can get it right now at Barnes and Noble or Amazon.com. Um Today, we got some stuff to talk about, of course. And uh just a note for anybody that's watching. Uh, or listening to this show on on you know we're, we're available on demand we're available podcast radio television uh, Facebook live um, we also simulcast the same version of this show that's on the television networks uh, is up on uh, up on our YouTube channel and if you're watching on another stream that you might be picking up or if you're watching on Facebook live don't forget, if you want the full video version of this show, uh, you got to go to the YouTube channel. Um, so go to youtube.com slash talking, T A L K I N boxing, B O X I N G, or just go to BillyCBoxing.com, And uh, the latest show and the live show is always uh, playing on the front. I, I, let me rephrase it. During our live show, it's playing on the front. And then you could always go to BillyCBoxing.com and play the latest episode that we aired. So uh, anyway, um, I want to talk about... Uh, <laughs> today's. Today's been like a, a marijuana weed week. I got some updates on that. Uh, I also got some updates on the heavyweight division. But we're going to kick off the show with the top news, and that is... And, and, and what makes me sick about this, uh, in a way, is we knew that this was going to happen, But they drag it out, you know. Uh, Oh, it's almost done. Oh, it's done. Oh, I want it. Oh, oh, we're going to have it. Oh, there's a clause in it. And and now it's like, well, we have the pen in our hand and we are signing it. Triple G and Canelo Alvarez, it was pretty much in Canelo Alvarez's hands, uh, has formally agreed to the rematch that we all knew was going to happen on May 5th, uh, according to multiple reports. Uh, and golden boy promotions themselves Uh, the official announcement will be made within the next couple of days Uh, so we're making the announcement right now canelo alvarez triple g official may 5th joining me right now to get his thoughts from beautiful saint simon's island because it ain't so beautiful here in upstate new york sal rocky senicola what's up sal Hey, good
0: morning, Bill. How are you today, pal? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I did I did hear that earlier uh, introduction with the uh, restaurant and my staff, and you're right, they're well-schooled in my life pretty much. Uh, they know They know a good part of it, and you are correct. Before we started showing the fights live in, in, in the pizzeria on the different cable networks and all that, I only had one channel that played. One channel on TV, and that was called W-S-A-L, Sal TV.
1: <laughs> I know. And, uh, you know, that's why when I come there, uh, they're all, like, looking at me like, oh, help us. It's like they have a little note. Get us out of here. Do something, please. Get Sal out of here so we can change the channel. You know, and, 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 you know, they all know the songs. They know the fights. They can tell what's what every punch you're going to throw. I, I tell you the truth. They shouldn't it's really previous. report you. To, uh, you know, some kind of workman's uh, uh, control board or something, the state of Georgia uh, Labor Department, you know, because I I don't know if that's, you know, I don't think brainwashing is legal in the United States. You know, and that's kind of what you're doing, Sal.
0: Well, you know, hey, we got to keep the brand alive, you know, and it's almost like. What was that movie? I never saw the movie. I just read the mo- uh, read read the book or something. What was, what was it? Clockwork Orange, where they let that guy watch that TV. They kept his eyelids open all the time and they had to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the brainwash. That's the mentality. Hey, guess what? We're gonna do the same. No, but uh, we have a lot of fun there and. Uh, we do show sports all the time. We show golf, basketball, football, and you name it. It's on WSAL, Sal TV.
1: Well, is WSAL, Sal TV, going to have the uh, Errol Spence fight next week or what?
0: What station is that on? Showtime. <laughs> oh. that uh, I don't know if Sal TV yeah. can get that in there, huh? Yeah, uh, uh. You know what? I'll call and find out about that. If I can get that in, I'll get that in. But we got to see
1: that. So Triple G, Canelo... Uh, We knew that this fight was going to happen because if it didn't, I think it would have been a huge uh, strike or or blemish on uh, Canelo. I I think the public would have been outraged if he somehow ducked this. And and I don't think that um, they could have spun it any way. I mean, even if he took a fight with Billy Joe Saunders or, or Daniel Jacobs, you know, to try to make it. Uh, Looked like he was trying to get a better fight. I I don't think the public, or specifically the boxing public, would have accepted that. I I think he had no choice. And to be quite honest with you, I think deep down Canelo wants to fight. I don't think it's him. I thought it was the promoter. But nonetheless, uh, it's agreed. The fight's going to take place just like we all thought, May 5th. Now, here's one little thing. Uh, They don't know uh, where the uh, fight's going to be yet. According to Eric Gomez, the president of Golden Boy Promotions, uh, he said uh, that the uh, deal is done. Uh, A couple of points about it. There is no rematch clause in this fight, so we uh, technically won't see a trilogy uh, with this. Um, But uh, he also said that there's one other thing that they don't have signed, sealed, and delivered. If the rematch will be held where most likely it will be held, where the first fight was held at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, But uh, coming in uh, a close second, and, uh, you know, he said there's a very good possibility that the rematch ends up at Madison Square Garden in New York City. What's your thoughts uh, on the fight being signed, sealed, and delivered? No rematch clause, and the potential location of the rematch. All those things, Sal. Did you write them down? Because uh, we want you know answers what, for all three. Yeah, let write them down now. You all know, 3 All too three. too fast for me. I, I haven't even had my first cup of coffee. Hey, maybe next time, get out of your feety pajamas a little earlier. That's all, you know? So, okay, uh, let's do number one. The rematch.
0: Are the you... Rematch. Uh, what's we'll your thoughts on them finally doing it? Well, I, I'm glad they finally did it. And you know what? I think that the rematch is going to live to the hype. And uh, I, I think, you know... I, what I love about rematches is, is the fact that both fighters are familiar now with each other. And each fighter, f- for obvious reasons, feel they're going to offset and have the what it takes to dominate and win the next fight. So that should, right there, be a great, uh, great performance by both fighters for us, as fans, in a sense. And, you know, I, I won't keep it uh, to myself, but I, I think that Triple G, if he doesn't take his foot off the pedal... I think he will dominate, and I think he could break up Canelo Alvarez, especially when he has him on the ropes again. But we'll see. We'll see. I think it's a great fight. I want to see it to be a great fight. And uh, as far as the no rematch clause... See, I remembered that. (laughs) Um, You know, depends on what this fight brings to us, and I think we we may even have the opportunity if both fighters after this fight want to fight each other. I mean... That's what it was like back in the old days, and I keep referring back to the 70s and 80s. When fighters wanted to fight each other to prove they were best, or they knew they had uh, something that they gave to the fans that were very special, then you know what? They're going to want to dance again with that same partner in the ring. So even though there might not be a, a rematch clause in the contract, if this is a great fight, if it's something that's still going to have bragging rights attached to the clause, and then you know what? They may just want to fight each other without any having to do any rematch clause. But we'll see what happens. Let's get past this fight and see how it goes. My man Coach in the chat room is saying
1: uh, because there's no rematch in this contract, he feels that that means uh, that this time Canelo is going to win by decision and uh, Triple G will get robbed. Uh, my man Dave McWilcox over in the uh, uh, Facebook live chat uh, says uh, uh, the same thing that uh, Canelo, he feels Canelo's going to win a decision this time. Um, well, Camilo, you know,
0: Canelo, Canelo, Canelo won the draw. So, you know, because right, I thought... Exactly, that that, easy, you know what, you that,
1: that's a good way to look at it because for him, that was that was, that was better a than tip. a loss. You know, I mean, he, he won the draw because of, uh, uh, you know, Ackley, uh, Ackley Bird, who scored the fight 118-110 uh, in favor of Alvarez. You know, everybody else, uh, you know, uh, well, one person had it a draw... And uh, the other one had it uh, for uh, Triple G. Uh, Now, Triple G, uh, he's age, you know, a little bit. He's 103, right? He is. Well, not quite. I think he turns 103 uh, at the end of this month. But uh, uh, real quick, I got to take a break. But before we talk about the, uh, uh, you know, the potential of of the fight and where it's going to be, as far as the rematch and your uh, your comment on that, you know, uh, the rematch – Rematches, you know, in my opinion, I mean, back in the day, and I'm talking about back in the day, day, you know, uh, back in the in the 40s and and before, they they used to do three fights because they used to have one fight in one fighter's hometown, one fight in the other fighter's hometown, and then one fight at a neutral location, and generally those three fights uh, were you know were dis- they would decide who who the better fighter was. Typically, you'd have one win, one win, and then the deciding fight. Um, But the end result is if they were competitive fights, uh, it justifies and warrants a rematch. Uh, This first fight that these two guys had were clearly competitive, and we had to have a rematch because there was no definitive answer. But remember, uh, the last time that happened uh, recently was uh, Kovalev-Andre Ward. Andre Ward got a a nod, the win, um, and... uh, uh, you know, uh, we felt that, uh, um, you know, everybody kind of felt at that time that, uh, that um, you know, uh, oh, yeah. Kovalev won the fight. I and then the rematch was very decisive. Hold that thought, Sal. We're going to talk about the venue here in a second. I'm going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, more on the uh, official Triple G, Canelo Alvarez rematch, May 5th. I'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
0: Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you.
1: (laughs) That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back... Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com And we're back. You're listening and watching The Billy C. Show. Hey, don't forget, join Sal and myself next week, a week from today, January 19th, uh, at the Sea Palms Resort. We're going to be doing our next uh, Billy C. Boxing event. It's our holiday after the holiday party. That's right. Uh, we are going to be showing you not one, not two, not three, but four classic fights on the big screen. We're going to have some food for you. We'll have a cash bar. And uh, by the way, you're going to be part of our live audience as Sal and I film our next several episodes of Billy C's Boxing Revisited, which is on the television networks now. So uh, uh, check that out. Um, and we want you there. So uh, come on down. Just go to CPOMS.com. Come on down. Come, just go to CPOMS.com and uh, give him a call and tell him he wants to be there. Uh, I'm with Sal right now. And, Sal, uh, they officially announced the uh, uh, May 5th uh, rematch with Triple G and Canelo. Um, One thing that they're still waiting on is the location. I I have a feeling it's going to be in Las Vegas. Um, Cinco de Mayo uh, is, you know, the backdrop, of course. Uh, Canelo likes to fight on Cinco de Mayo. And I I think that the uh, Mexican fan base... Um, is bigger in in Las Vegas. Uh, but then again, I could be wrong uh, in at Madison Square Garden, where would you like to see the fight?
0: Well, I'll tell you why. I love Madison Square Garden. I love I love Las Vegas. I mean, I could almost see this fight being in California too, but uh, I think uh, I think Las Vegas or New York in Madison Square Garden. I think those are two most likely places to have this fight. And I could see either one of them being very successful in those two locations. You know, um, it would
1: be cool to have it at uh, ha- have it at Madison Square Garden, um, but we'll see.
0: You know, it w- it will be cool. It'll be a big, big venue, and you know what? I'll tell you what. You'll have you'll have a plethora of people just standing in line coming in to see that fight. I'm sure. I am sure. Because don't forget, New York City. You have a ton of boxing clubs and than boxing gyms that that are going to spawn off and, and you're going to see people just just uh, run to, to there. I think I think it would be great. I think it would be a great venue.
1: Well, to tell you the truth, there's more boxing gyms in Vegas. Mm, yes. There's not that many. Yes. Let, let me tell you, you, the most boxing gyms, at least that I have seen, in any city that I've traveled to throughout the U.S., is Albuquerque, New Mexico, man. Uh, there, I have never seen so many gyms in, in one city as they have in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they are splattered everywhere. It's Boxing is huge. It's a shame that they don't have more um, live boxing events in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, I mean, Holly Holm was a, was a big star uh, in Albuquerque, and, you know, when she was, uh, female boxing was huge too. You know, she left boxing, went to MMA, and, uh, you know, it, it really no i'm not saying even though i i love holly home i'm not saying that she was the driving force in boxing but i'll tell you what she certainly helped uh because this the, the women's boxing has not been the same since holly left and no. uh albuquerque new mexico for anybody that's never been there um first of all it's a beautiful city I, I wish i could live there myself um but uh but i have never seen so much boxing so many boxing gyms uh uh, you know, per uh, capita as, as in uh, Albuquerque. It's it's amazing, and, and I love it. Um, real quickly, Sal, the rematch. You know, Triple G is getting uh, older. Uh, he seems to have shown some signs of slowing down in his previous couple of fights leading up to the first fight with Canelo. And um, in the Canelo fight, you know, he, he did well in spurts. Uh, I feel he won the fight. I, I feel he won the fight uh, unanimously, it should have been a unanimous decision. Uh, we all know what happened there, but uh, but in the rematch, he's going to be older. Um, generally, older fighters uh, like to be a, a little more busy. I think this is part of the game plan for Team Canelo. Uh, but uh, but in my opinion, I think that this fight could go one of two ways. Well, actually, one of three ways, which is I know people are going to say, duh. Uh, it, it could go the same way as it did the first time, being a close and, and real non decisive, and, and people being outraged with the result. Um, or it could be a blowout. Uh, and, you know, I, I think if it's a blowout, Triple G will be the guy that's hand is raised. And I mean, a blowout, him just going balls to the wall and, and going for the knockout. Or we could see Canelo. Win the fight legitimately. I I mean, you know, I, I really don't know what to think of this fight. You know, I, for a while when we were talking about it, I thought Canelo would win the rematch. You know, uh, but uh, but I, I'm hoping for Triple G's sake and the fact that he seems to have not gotten the respect from a business perspective, uh, in this sport the way I feel he should have. And the guy certainly draws, and everyone you talk to loves him. Uh, I, I would love to see him come out. And, and get take care of business early within five, six, seven rounds
0: and, uh, and then walk away from the sport. What, what do you think? Well, I, uh, I really do think that, uh, you know, we talked about who's going to have uh, the momentum, who's going to be more likely to have it to uh, their side, their advantage of a rematch. And uh, I do think Triple G is going to come out and be a little more dominant. I think he learned a lot from that fight. I think he gave Canelo Alvarez too much respect. And I think that uh, his boxing or fighting in spurts and having the combinations and having Canelo on the rope several times where he could have teed off, uh, that's where I said he probably gave him a little too much respect. I think uh, he's going to throw it out the window. As you get older, you you also... Uh, realize, you know, uh, you learn a little bit more and harder lessons, and you, you realize that your time is is uh, clicking and ticking, and you're not going to have many more opportunities to make a make a stance and make something uh, indelible and and, and and impression impressionable on people's minds. So I think he's going to want to be motivated, fired up to get this rematch uh, over with, and and probably stop Canelo. I'm going to I'm going to say he's going to stop Canelo in the later rounds. Yeah, I I uh you
1: know I, I I can't help it and and I don't generally I don't call out people in the chat room unless, <laughs> you know, unless it's coach because uh you know he's so helpful but my man Field he's in the chat room saying that he felt Canelo and this is also a Floyd Mayweather fan so I guess this is where it's coming from. But he's he's saying that he felt Canelo won the fight. Um I, there's no way Canelo won the fight. Canelo Canelo might you know I I gave him the early rounds because he he was he was landing punches but he stopped the guy stopped and was running uh in that second half of the fight and that's when triple g poured it on I, there's no way canelo won that fight i mean no. I, he, uh, Ms. bird was was either paid off or drunk or blind uh, one of those three um, but uh I, the fight wasn't a draw canelo certainly didn't win and uh, in my opinion, it, it was a clear win for Triple G. Now, now with that said, I think that Canelo has a very good chance of winning the rematch by establishing the jab and using movement and everything else. But the thing is, is that Triple G cuts the ring off. That's what uh, Canelo was not prepared for, Sal. That's why Triple G came on strong in the second half because Canelo... Used to is used to fighting his opponents that don't have the ring savvy and ring generalship as Triple G. There's been no fighter in the last 25 years or more that's a better ring general than Triple G. I have never seen a fighter control where his opponent is and how that opponent's going to you know uh, face him uh, during a fight. As much as as successful as Triple G. Triple G anticipates where his opponent's going to be and is there. If the guy is going to roll to his right to try to get away from Triple G, Triple G's already there. If he tries to roll to his left, Triple G's already there. If he's trying to dance, he cuts the ring off and, and his dancing uh, field is, uh, is cut down. Nobody has controlled the ring better than triple g and by the way he does it in an aggressive manner he's not running you know uh, people tell me oh floyd nobody could hit floyd he's a ring general nah that's not true floyd floyd you couldn't hit him because he ran to the other side of the ring he couldn't hit someone else either the key with the, the sweet science and i get into this discussion all the time is hit and not get hit but still be in position to inflict damage on your opponent that's the sweet science. End of story.
0: There's no other way to describe it, Sal. No, you are so right. And uh, I'll tell you what. I think Triple G. I, I'd like to see him come in uh, more like a more like a rough bully in a sense. He's got a he's got to pull all the stops, and he should have a lot of fuel in his fire. It could be because guess what? I really feel that in his heart of hearts, he knows that he won that fight, and he's not going to want to let it go to the judges. Uh, Scorecards, and that's why he's going to be also uh, a little more aggressive. I think. I think he'll be a little more uh, uh, early on, trying to trying to really establish his dominance with his power. And you know, the triple G. I won't uh, let it be be held back. That I expected was going to be the triple G that uh, we saw later in the rounds or so that came out and was going to land a punch anywhere. And if you have a heavy hand that, like Triple G does. You're going to hurt your opponent. If you hit him on the arms, the shoulder, the body. I think he's going to have more of a bullying uh, attack on on Canelo Alvarez this time, and I think it'll pay off for him. I, I you know what?
1: Uh, I was reading uh, another comment in the chat room, uh, you know, uh, saying Floyd needed some Sal body punches. But the truth of the matter is, is that I feel that uh, Triple G, if, if he could have done anything better um, in the first fight, and what I hope he does better in the second fight number number one don't take your foot off the gas keep your foot on the gas pedal for the whole fight and number two uh when he does get Canelo because remember that second half of the fight he had Canelo against the ropes you yes. know uh several times and he did not work the body as he should have Sal he should have no. he should have uh invested in the body work uh I I think their game plan in the first fight Uh, Traditionally, uh, uh, Canelo has tired in the second half. I think they were trying to get him into the second half of the fight, but uh, they gave up too much in the first part. But uh, anyway, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we got more on that. I got an update on uh, pot smoking Deontay Wilder and another big heavyweight fight uh, to keep uh, big names in the division. All that's coming up in about two. Billy C. will be right back. Now back to talk boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take
0: a punch from Mike Tyson.
1: Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on, there, Jeremy. Man, uh, I need you to take this one all right? Wait,
0: what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this.
1: Need I remind you, I'm Billy C. Damn it! Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio it's talking boxing with billy c now back to billy c interact with the show at billycboxing.com <laughs> and where Back. You're watching and listening to, to the Billy C show, Sal. I, I, you know, I, I, I can't believe what I'm reading in the chat room. You know, I, my man Field, my if my. I you see my glasses, what I I'd be reading too.
0: You see, you see what it, you, you
1: see what it says. I know. I see you with all four players of glasses you got on. Um, I, you know, I can't believe my man Field. He's saying he admits that's a big Floyd fan, and I'm, and I'm, and I got to give Field credit because a lot of Floyd fans. And it was this guy that talked to me yesterday. Oh man, he bugs me every time I see this guy. He starts talking about Mayweather, how great he is. I want to punch him right in his friggin' face. But uh, uh, this Field, at least I'll give Field credit. We all know he's a Mayweather fan. And hey, listen, more power to you. I I have no problem with that. Uh, and he admits in the chat room. He says, "Yes, Mayweather loses to Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Hearns, Triple G." He didn't mention because I had said that he loses to. Uh, Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Hearns, Hagler, Triple G, Marlon Starling, and even his pops—if they fought—I've said that many times. You have. Um, And uh, Field says uh, he loses to Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Hearns, and Triple G, but he says he outboxes Roberto Duran and Marlon Starling. You know the funny thing. The funny thing about first of all, there's no way. Before anybody makes any comments about Roberto Duran. You got to go back. Don't look at the Don't the, at the, the Roberto Duran that fought Sugar Ray Leonard because that Roberto Roberto Duran was already a ring veteran of 10 years plus. I think it was 12 years. You yes. know when he when he fought. So he wasn't even a welterweight. The guy was a killer at lightweight. Watch his fight against uh, Kenny Buchanan when he won the WBA title at Madison Square Garden. You'll find out number 1 that not only was uh, was uh, Roberto Duran Uh, One of the best lightweights ever. His first nickname, everybody, I I always win money on this. I go, what was uh, Roberto Duran's first nickname? Everybody goes, oh, hands of stone. No, it was Rocky Duran. Go watch that. Watch it. It's available on YouTube. If you watch that fight and then think that Floyd Pussy Mayweather would have beaten Roberto Duran, go have your head examined. He's saying that. Now, let me just say about my man Marlon Starling. Marlon Starling was the full package. Marlon Starling could box. He was very hard to hit. He was shifty in the ring, and he had some pop. If you look at his resume, and you look at the names of the fighters that he fought, and if you look at the losses, you'll see all those losses were controversial. He has six losses on his career. His legitimate only loss uh, uh, was uh, was against uh, Donald Curry. He'll admit that. All right, but every other one of those losses, including the ones where he had to move up a couple of weight classes to fight, were all controversial. They all were split decisions, robberies. The one where he got knocked out after the bell, and then the WBA didn't even give him the belt back after they after they ruled it a no contest in New Jersey. I mean, all of that is is you know. I, the, the guy was a... And people that were watching boxing in the 80s saw a lot of Marlon Starling because he was on TV a lot. So please, don't suggest that Floyd Mayweather... Floyd Mayweather didn't engage enough. Now, now, wait a minute. I'm talking about the last 10 or 12 years. A young Floyd Mayweather was exciting to watch. Uh, but unfortunately, he changed that way. So we'll never know because he was so cherry-picked. He picked his opponent. I love a comment that, that Coach made. He says... Uh, I beat everyone I put in front of me, and that's a great statement <laughs> I love that. because that's what. So please that. don't suggest for a minute you could say that Floyd was the best of his his uh, you know era. You know you could say Floyd is undefeated. You could say Floyd was hard to hit. You could say all of that stuff and win an argument. But what you can't say is that Floyd would have beaten Roberto Duran, or Floyd would have beaten. Uh, any of the sugars—Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, even Sugar Shane Mosley in his prime—you know, I, no, you can't,
0: you can't. I, I mean, what do you think, Sal? Well, you know how I feel about that. I think you know, and and Roberto Duran. Let's 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 look at him as a lightweight. He was relentless. He was phenomenal. I mean, I will debate that Roberto Duran. I've said this here often. Would have probably been able to beat so many of the classic great warriors in the lightweight division but i think roberto duran in his own right is probably one of the greatest lightweight pound for pound fighters that that has ever been in the ring um as a lightweight now 135 pounds and i think you know uh, hey i give you know i give uh floyd mayweather credit where it's due and uh yeah i mean he does do uh what he can do to win and uh and that's the end result it doesn't have to be pretty doesn't have to be this and that he does get his hand raised as the victor and uh you know whatever style he implements uh that gets him there it, it's it's his right to do so in the squared circle however is it exciting no not necessarily but he does get the victory, and that's the that's the whole thing. With that being said, now any of the fighters that we talk about, as far as the welterweights or so in the 80s, uh, such as the Sugar Ray Leonard's, uh, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, uh, Marvin Hagler as a as a middleweight, do I think that Floyd would have even lasted the fight? No, I don't. I think those guys, they had what that you and I know what we what we look for in a fighter. They all had a nasty streak. They wanted to end the fight in glorious fashion. They wanted to be dominant. They wanted to hurt you and knock you out. And that's the
1: difference. You're right because Floyd wanted to avoid the fight. He wanted yeah. to avoid everything. He wanted to avoid engaging. You know, I, I you know I always say to people, you know, you can give Floyd all the credit you want, but when you and and, and I always I always say, okay, you know, and I, and I say to people, okay, close your eyes. I'm going to say a fighter, and then you tell me what pops into your mind, what what fight pops into your mind. And you can close your eyes and say Mike Tyson, and so many fights pop in your mind. You know, Jack Dempsey, uh, you know, Rocky Marciano, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, even Triple G, even Danny Jacobs, you know, Bam Bam Rios. I, I mean, all, all these, just throw names out, and a, and a fight will pop into your mind. And then say Floyd Mayweather, all of a sudden it's like... What? What? He's the guy with all the money. Uh, he's the guy that's undefeated. Uh, he's the guy that knocks out women and beats up pimply-faced security guards. He's the guy that uh, did some time in a community jail and tells all his homies that he was in prison. You know, when I was in prison. You know, it wasn't prison. You weren't in prison. You know, talk to talk to, talk to to guys that were in prison, you know, and, and then tell me that uh, Floyd Mayweather was in prison. He was in a, a community jail. You know he, they were bringing his own food in and everything else. Give me a break. You know that wasn't jail. That wasn't jail. Yeah, uh, but uh, but you know my point is is that he wasn't an exciting fighter. Cautious first, and I'm sorry that doesn't go uh, in the in the you know etched in stone in in the history of, of of boxing. And and you know what, you know you can say all you want uh, about uh, the fighters. Uh, of uh, today versus yesterday and all that stuff, you know. The, at the end of the day, the only way that you can prove that you were great was to engage. I can't stand when people tell me, "Oh, he would have beaten so and so. He didn't have to fight him, so because he, he, he would have beat him." You know what, what kind of crap is that? I mean, I've never heard it. You know, and, and then other great, all the great fighters that we mentioned, and we, I'm way off topic, but all the great fighters that we mentioned. So you're, you're on a roll. Go for it. But all the great fighters that we mentioned all tried to do things out of the ordinary, out of the, outside it. the box, trying to prove and cement the legacy as being something special, okay? Fighters wanted to be something special. Why do you think, uh, you know, uh, guys would, would move up in weight, Stanley Ketchell, a middleweight, moving up to try and challenge the late great Jack Johnson? You know, why do fighters do that? Why did Sugar Ray Leonard come out of retirement and and go after the biggest, baddest guy in a bigger weight class, a guy that was controlling the middleweight division for almost a decade in marvelous Marvin Hagler. Why does he do that? You know, why do fighters do that? Because they want to show that they're great. When did Floyd ever do that? People throw on my face, well, he fought a young Canelo. Okay, let's give him credit for fighting a young Canelo. But he saw exactly what I still see in Canelo and something that Canelo has not been able to improve. Canelo can't hit on the move. He's got to plant his feet in order to be successful with his punches and combination punches. And Floyd knew that. Floyd knew that he could he could land a punch or two and get on his friggin' bicycle and run to the other corner. And Canelo would chase him around the ring, just like Canelo did. You know, and, uh, you know, the thing is, is that uh, Floyd has never done anything to suggest that he's something special except Retire at 50-0. and 0. And please, boys and girls, the 50-0 and 0 has even got an asterisk because no great fighter in the history of the sport used a, a fight against a pro debuter to break any kind of a record. Give
0: me a break. What a joke. It makes me sick, Sal. It really does. Well, yes, I and I agree with you. I mean, you know that that farce. It wasn't a fight. That farce with uh, the MMA, MMA guy, McGregor. I, I still I still have a hard time uh, digesting that one. But uh, it uh, it was something that took place. It's in the past, and and but you are correct. Uh, anybody that had notched up their record did so effectively against an opponent that was a experienced fighter that was in the sport of boxing. Not another sport like that. That was more for entertainment.
1: That was more for $200 million. Uh, you yes, know, yes. I mean, that does go a
0: long way. You know, know, unless but, you owe uh, the government over 100 anyway,
1: million. Anyway, my, my, just to get back to Canelo and uh, Triple G real quick. My early prediction is I think that Triple G knows the ramifications on this fight. Even though I think that Canelo has improved, uh, will uh, we'll try to learn from the first fight. I'm predicting Triple G to do what I think he has to do. Go out there and try to end this fight quickly. And uh, I, I'm predicting Triple G this time winning by knockout right now. I might change my mind. But that's what I'm predicting right now. What do you think? <laughs> well,
0: Sammy? and that's what I said. I think he's going to stop him and, and knock him out. And and I see the Triple G you're talking about. That's what I definitely see. He, he knows at this stage of his career, he's definitely in the twilight. He's only got about two maybe three fights tops that i think he's going to be the triple g we all recognize and see and i think that uh this one may even be his last one so why not go out he's got to he's got to attack the fights no pun intended with the fervor and the anticipation and the enthusiasm like it may be his first fight but it may be also his last fight he's got to have that that excitement that 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 vicious kind of uh, nasty streak that we know he can possess and he does uh, take out on his opponents when he does get them in trouble. And that's what I think we lacked seeing in the first fight. When he had Canelo along the ropes, you made a point clearly. He was a headhunter. He tried to score and tried to hit upstairs. All he had to do was be relentless to the body. You know, it does it does several things. Number one, you keep getting hit on body the way you, you can. You're trying to block those shots with your elbows and your movement and your and your things. You're and, and you know, you forget about the head, and that's when the fights come it's uh, that's when the punches come up top and they they find their target a lot easier. So I think he's gotta definitely master that body attack early in the fight. Do you think that
1: uh do you think that Canelo's power um surprised Triple G do you do you think that Canelo hurt Triple G at all? Because, let's be real, Canelo, you know, he, he's he got some pop. I mean, we've seen him. Uh, I mean, geez, he knocked out Amir Khan. I thought he killed him. Um, do, do you think that his punching power uh, either surprised Triple G or, or altered Triple G's uh, aggressiveness in
0: that first fight? Like I said, I think Triple G gave him too much respect. And had he been caught early in the fight, maybe with a shot, that uh, he said, wow, this kid can can punch. You, you know, to the fans' eyes, we didn't see him stunned or wobbly. I I did see he looked like a punch got his attention once or twice. But uh, I, I I think it might have just been in the back of his mind that, you know, maybe I'm gonna just break him down a little bit differently or, or so. But I, I really feel uh I think he just gave him too much respect, whether it was from receiving a heavy shot from him, that he said, Wow, this guy could punch or I felt this, or he, he's a harder puncher than I anticipated. Could very well be, Bill. I I, I don't know. I I got to watch that fight over again and see if there is that any one shot that might have deterred or changed his um, uh, his game plan to to fight uh, Canelo in a different manner. I just I just wonder if if uh,
1: Canelo hurt Triple G at any point. I, they always say no.
0: No, but, of but course. What they say prevent, no. But what would prevent but what would
1: prevent him from going all out and
0: attacking the guy if he felt well, that he couldn't hurt him? And and that's the whole thing that I that I have a hard time gripping and putting my hands around because I expected Canelo Alvarez to do what he did. I didn't expect Triple G to fight the fight that he did. I thought he was gonna be a little more relentless. I thought he was gonna have Canelo Every time he had Canelo on the ropes, and it was more than once or twice. Every time he had him on the ropes, I expected him to use that leverage, use that body, still be in position to avoid a punch, slip a punch, but come around with a hammer that was a heavy-handed shot. I don't care if it was on the elbow. I don't care if it was anywhere. Uh, That's what I expected from Triple G, and, and we did not see that kind of version of Triple G. So that's why I said I think he respected the power or the uh, potential power or, 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 or punches from uh, Canelo Alvarez. So, you know, I think if he if he learns or if he sees what he gave up for that uh, and he studies the tapes and the films, and I, I just hope we see a little more aggressive and relentless uh, Triple G than the first fight. And if he does do that, and uh, he can take a big shot too. We've seen him take shots. I think he'll have a, a better night the night of the fight. Well, we'll see, and I'm looking forward to it. Me oh. too. I don't want the year to pass so fast, but, man, I can't wait till May. Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, well, the, it's already the end of January, practically. It's already you know, end of January. I, <laughs> I remember we were talking. Well, we got to. Well, look see, at it this know, way. Say, the Super Bowl. You say, hey, the, Sal, we got to get, you know, the, the, we're going to do that show. It's coming up. It's coming up. Ah, right, Bill, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. It's next week. No, I know. No, not really I, next week. It's like a week and a half. And boom, it's next week. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing too is is uh, I always go
1: by football season, you know, and the Super Bowl is coming up in a couple of weeks, you know. So uh, right. and it's already over, right? So and, and then and then before you know it, and, and you know, because I know Break training. I, well, no, no, pitchers and catchers are going to report in a couple of weeks, but <laughs> but the thing is, is is before you know it football will have their, their summer, preseason will start. You know, it'll be like, it'll be, I'll, be, I'll still be fishing, and, and preseason will start, you know. So, I mean, that's how quick it goes. Um, in, in some other news, Deontay Wilder, WBC world heavyweight champion, Deontay Wilder, was uh, found guilty uh, of his marijuana possession. Um, you know, he was ordered to uh, perform 60 hours of community uh, service Uh, at the uh, YMCA Uh, back in uh, when was it Uh, uh, back in uh, I forget when it was in June Deontay Wilder was driving his car and a cop pulled him over because he had all the tint the window tint on his car most states it's illegal or at least a certain darkness of it and when he cop pulled him over he smelled weed in the car And uh, he asked uh, Wilder if he could search the car. Wilder said, yeah, and they found pot. And uh, he was arrested, uh, charged with second-degree possession, and then uh, was released after he posted a $1,000 bond. Now, um, first and foremost, if you recall the story, uh, Deontay Wilder claimed he lent the car to his friend and he had no idea that there was some weed in there. And, you know, uh, it kind of makes sense if you tell a cop, yeah, go ahead, search the car. I mean, you could say no, and then they, well, I don't know what it's like in Alabama, maybe. maybe. uh, Then again, getting arrested for some weed in in Alabama just goes to show you right away that it's 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 a little strict. Yeah, it's a little more strict. I mean, uh, there's a lot, most of the states now have uh, what they call decriminalization, where you can uh, uh, have up to an ounce, I think, uh, on you and get a, a, a traffic violation. I, I, I know some uh, uh, people that had gotten pulled over with a, a bag of weed uh, in New York, and uh, they get the ticket, and the cops don't even take the pot from them. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, keep it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, anyway, um, you know, I, I I honestly, you know, I, people think that I hate Deontay Wilder, and I don't. I happen to like him, all right? Um, I, I just don't like that he pounds his chest and says he's the best. If I'm Deontay Wilder and I want to smoke weed, I'd move the hell out of Alabama, you know. Because and, and I'm an Alabama fan. Nobody loves the Crimson Tide more than me, yeah, and I know he's a Tide fan too. Week, yeah. But uh, you know, in case you, in case you all forgot, they beat Georgia for the national championship. But anyway, easy. easy, um, easy. Uh, you know, I, he he was uh, convicted or uh, charged. He's going to do sixty hours at the YMCA. Uh, it doesn't it seems like a slap on the wrist? But you know what bothers me the most about this, Sal? Here he is, and whether you like Deontay or not. He's done a lot for boxing in the state of Alabama. He helped form the a boxing commission. They've held some uh, pro- professional boxing events in Alabama. He's been very vocal and supportive of the state of Alabama, the other uh, Alabama sports teams, uh, you know, college or whatever. Um, you know, he was in, he was uh, you know inducted into the Alabama uh, Hall of Sports Hall of Fame for his amateur career. I mean. Shouldn't a cop have just turned his uh, turned his back and said, "Get the hell out of here"? Deontay Wilder hasn't times changed? I mean, here here's Deontay Wilder in his home state. He's got a little weed on him, and a cop's got to arrest him. I mean, what kind of punk ass cop was that? I mean, give me a break. You know, I, I, years ago, cops were you felt comfortable going up to a cop if you were in if you were in need or in trouble or something like that. You go up to a cop for help. You know, now you run up to a cop, you, you got to worry that they're not going to put a slug in you, you know, because you're running up, waving your arms, help, help, help. The cop might shoot you. It's a shame that police officers have taken on a different persona. Instead of looking at a cop for help and support, you kind of fear a cop. And I don't think you should fear a, 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 a an individual that's supposed to be protecting you. You shouldn't fear that. And I'm not suggesting that police should turn their eyes uh, or turn their back on people doing illegal things but when you look at this particular case and and uh, what makes in my opinion what makes a good cop a good cop is the human factor and in this case Deontay Wilder has done a lot uh, for the state uh, and and the city that he lives in This cop should have not tried to get his name in the news by being the guy who popped Deontay Wilder. He should have let the kid go. Now, I'm not saying he should have let him go if he saw a a gun in the backseat and a dead person in the trunk. I'm not saying he should let it go if he had a a couple of kilos of weed or some cocaine or some heroin or something. I'm not suggesting he lets him go for that. But a couple of joints worth of pot, that's all he had. Give me a break. What what do you think on this, Al? I know you and I are on different sides of the spectrum here, but in this case, Deontay Wilder smoking a little pot in his car. Come on,
0: man. What do you think? You know, first of all, I I do want to say that I still look at our men and women in blue as somebody that can help us. And if I'm in trouble, I'm gonna I'm gonna call and look for uh, one of the men and women in blue to help me. And the bottom line is, I I respect the police officers. Yeah, in any in any field, there's good and bad. But the majority of what these guys do, these men and women, they put their lives on the line every day. They don't know what's going to happen when they pull over a car, what they gotta wait for, and everything else. And we've heard the stories. And you know, there are those incidents that that uh, I don't want to get political about it here, but I do respect the men and women of blue. They are the foundation of our of our legal society on a lot of levels and you know yes yeah, so did this guy have to do what he did with deontay wilder and and write him up and arrest him and do that you know i it's a gray issue i, I don't know the laws of alabama i don't know what they say there and i, I know if it's california they would have uh, probably just said hey uh you have one for me no either. um i think that uh, i think you know, whether the guy was trying to make a name for himself or whether he was just doing his job, he was a young, impressionable kind of guy, you don't know. It's a, it could be something that, that, you know, he was just doing matter of fact. And, and it wasn't going to matter whether it was Deontay Wilder or whether it was Joe Schmo on the corner. But the bottom line is, you know, I, it's, it is what it is. You know what? It is what it is. If he claims that he lent the car to somebody, I mean that's as good of an of an argument as you can come up with, and uh, I'm sure that could be taken or was taken into consideration. Um, the bottom line is, uh, like I said, I, I I love and I respect the men and women in blue because they are there to help us uh, in society.
1: Um, yeah, they're supposed to be a lot of them uh, are, are criminals. I, I I you know I couldn't help but see the situation. That took place in Arizona recently or a couple years ago, whenever it was. Um, It it was a story that makes me sick. It's it's almost as bad as the story of the cop who shoots a guy. He's running, and, you know, everybody made it a racial issue. It it was a white cop and a black, uh, you know, perpetrator, if you want to call him that. But the guy was running from the cop. And uh, you know, with his back, and the the cop puts a couple of shots in him in his back. He calls for backup all at the same time, dropping a gun at the guy, saying that he uh, uh, was in self defense and had no idea someone else was filming the whole thing. You know that that's makes not good. that no, yeah, that's, well that that's, that's no, bad. That's but that wrong, but that, but that's yeah. not the norm. That just makes that's not the norm. That but, just makes either. the cops look bad. But yeah. there was another case that I witnessed recently that made me sick that I, I witnessed on film that made me sick it took place in arizona and uh what it was was uh it was this uh there was a couple in uh in, in a hotel and uh they were in the, the jacuzzi or something and they see a guy with a gun a rifle in a hotel room and they call 9 and uh, they say, you know, 911 says they call the front desk. They ask, you know, what the room number was, blah, blah, blah. They get the room number. And they send this SWAT team over there, hi- highly armed or whatever. And um, they, they come up to the door and they're telling, uh, occupants in room, whatever it was, 505, come on out. Come on out right now. We're going to, you know, kick the door in and all this stuff. Make a long story short, two people come out, a woman. And this guy, the woman kind of runs out of the picture. And the guy's standing there. And this one cop is going, get down. He was being very aggressive. And, uh, and, and and you know, like like he really wanted to shoot this guy. And he's going, get down, put your hands up. And the guy's hands was up. The guy was crying. I, 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 you know, he didn't know what was going on. He's going, crawl to me. I said, crawl. I'll shoot you right there. I'll shoot you right there. The video's online. You can watch it. And the guy was threatening to pull the trigger on this guy from the minute he walked through the door. And, uh. The end result, the guy's crawling. He's making him crawl to him. And uh, as he's crawling, his pants are falling down. And he reaches behind to pull his pants up. The cop claims he thought he was pulling for a weapon. And he puts five shots in the guy and kills him on the floor. The guy was 26 years old. He had two kids. The whole story was he had a pellet gun in the room that he, was, that he uses for his job. And he was showing this woman... And some other good who thought they were good Samaritans saw it through the window, not knowing anything. And the cops reacted to this. When they re when you look at the film, there is no way in hell that this guy should have lost his life on that on that hotel room floor. All right. First of all, the cop was charged with murder and got off. They said it was okay. The guy had a multiple. A history of aggressive, un- unnecessary aggressiveness. They've shown, they showed videos of him beating up somebody in a convenience store uh, that wouldn't uh, respond to him quick enough, and all of this stuff. And uh, and and the worst part about it is, in the state of Arizona, they're allowed to bring their own guns to work. This guy had his own personal AR that had references on, uh, you know, the side of his gun that says, you know, you're in my sights, you're dead. You know, I mean, he was like he was like hunting wow. for people, you know, and uh, he got off. Wow. That made me sick. It made well, me sick yeah, to watch but, uh, that, it. That,
0: you know? uh, Bill, Bill, those are not the stories that, that I hear every day. And, you know, that is a sickening example. And like I said, uh, does everything go through uh, the, 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 the sniff test there and, and make it? Uh, you know there are some bad apples in any any field, but this is that that's devastating. That that should never be. This don't, guy, he should have been uh, handled differently. Don't uh, get me wrong. The- don't don't get me wrong. I, it's no. not like
1: all cops are bad. I, I'm, no. I'm not no. Suge- no. My uncle, no. my uncle was a and cop in, in the city for thirty years. All right. Uh, back in the back in the day. I got day. cousins that are police. Yeah. I, you know. So so I, I'm not. You know. I'm not saying that they're all bad, but there are bad ones. And and you know what. I, I just feel that as uh, you know, I, I see them walk around. They 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 walk around like they think they're better than everybody. And they, I'm sorry, but when I was a kid, you were taught to go if you if you were in trouble of any way, shape, or form, or felt feared for yourself for your, or or a loved one, to go to a cop. You know, the guys that used to walk the beat. You know, I pictured the big Irish cops that used to walk the beat in the city. You know, I, you, you you went to them. They were neighborhood guys. They were real guys. They were regular guys. All right, guys you could trust. Guys that upheld the law, but guys that you could trust. I can't say that about cops today. I can't say that I would trust a cop. That I would feel comfortable with a with a cop. I'm sorry, I can't. And Sal, I know I've met those great guys down at Flutsy but, but at your place. The, the FBI training guys, they're all great guys. I've never met one I didn't like, you know, and, and that's the truth. But, uh, but you know, once they're – not them, but once people are in uniform, I just don't feel warm and fuzzy and, and comfortable. I'm sorry. I don't.
0: Well, you know, I'll tell you this. And like I said, I do have cousins that are police officers at of Jersey, some that are transplanted down south in New York, and, and, and there is not one man or woman um, – Or in Glen County, uh, on the police force, uh, in Brunswick, the police force, or anyone from uh, uh, the the, uh, Fletzy organization that I haven't looked at as a person I couldn't come to and go to. I love those men and women. They are all stellar in my eyes. And uh, I've never had a problem or another feeling of of not wanting to feel like, wow, these, these guys are my friends in blue. And those are guys that I go to. I love them. I love them. I'm sorry. I just, uh, uh, there are some bad ones, sure. But the majority of them, uh, they have my 100% support. And uh, I, uh, I will uh, do what I can to support them.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not hunting them down. I'm not saying that. No, just, no, no. I know I'm just that. Saying, I know that. You know, it's I'm like just I said, saying, Yeah, but how do you know apples?
0: And I- you made a classic example. That guy should have the damn book thrown at him, and and he he should be he should be in jail. I mean, if he did that against an unarmed guy like that, no matter what the situation, I mean, he saw he had the situation under control, and you if you have a situation under control, and you're still going to pump bullets in a guy's back, uh, yeah, you you definitely have to. Uh, that that that's a gray area that needs to be addressed and um, you should be held responsible. Uh, but the majority and the the situations that I've ever had uh, on a light issue ever needed, I always looked at the men and women in blue as my friends, and I always wanted them for help. Listen, uh, for all the
1: affiliates, uh, radio and TV, obviously we didn't take a break here. We will take one at the next time. But, uh, Sal, you know, uh, the the thing is this. That particular Arizona episode, they had the whole – because the video was the, – the, the cops were wearing the, the chest cam, so it was all on video. And they asked, you know, uh, experts that – you know, police experts. And they and they all agreed that this guy handled it totally wrong, that he was too aggressive. And, and it, to defend the police, you know, there's been many times, even in my home state, New York – many many times where a, a guy goes oh I, no no I'm, I'm sorry uh, and next thing you know they reach for a gun and they start you know throwing sh- uh, shooting shots at the uh, at the cops you know so so I understand that they're trained to not listen if somebody says I don't have a gun I, I you know I want to give up uh, uh, you know you don't you don't put your gun in your holster and say oh okay you know because the guy might be bullshitting you and and you know throw a slug in you uh, so so I get that right but all the experts that that watched this tape said that this was handled in a 100% wrong manner. That normally you would have had the guy put both hands, get him against the wall, and then go to him. And then if he moved any other way, then you have you know a legitimate reason to, to shoot. There was no reason to make him crawl uh in in the format and say the things this guy threatened his life at least six times on the tape that they released okay at least six times you know if you don't listen to me i'm gonna shoot you i'm gonna shoot you
0: you know you gotta listen you gotta watch it it's very
1: disturbing all right i you know and, I, I, and, I and and, why, and
0: it, it's disturbed me now hearing this and, right and, uh, and,
1: and and when you when you watch it it's even worse okay so so but my point isn't that all cops are like that because they're no. certainly not. I'm not suggesting that, and I hope people don't get that impression. Um, but in this particular case, to let this guy off uh, was unbelievable, and I, I just can't see how anybody could could let let the guy. Off. You know, police are hired to to you know keep society in check and, and make sure people obey the laws. But what about them? They're not above the law, and I do admit that police today have to go through too much before they can even, you know, protect themselves. You know, my uncle, when my uncle was a cop in the city, they, <laughs> the stories that I know, I, you know, and I'm not going to even repeat, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that it, it was way open, way more open uh, than it was uh, back in uh, the way it is today, you know, so, uh, the police today, yes, they have a very hard time. Their rights are not the way they should be, in my opinion. But a couple of those bad apples, like you said, Sal, really, really uh, point out bad. And uh, by the way, Coach, uh, who's very against everything I'm saying, has just posted the uh, the picture, the video uh, that I'm talking about in the chat room. So if you're watching now live, you got to come over to the... Uh, uh, chat room uh, up on BillyCBoxing.com and, and you watch it and tell me it's not disturbing uh, from the beginning to the end. Uh, back to uh, boxing, Sal. Oh, yeah. Jesus, That's Sal. It. What the hell? You keep screwing up this whole. Job. This isn't a. This isn't an anti-cop show.
0: What's no, wrong no, no, with you, no, man? No, no, no. And let it be known and said. I to this day, I look at the men and women in blue, and and what about this? And as you were also suggesting, Bill. How many of them leave their families or or leave what they got to do in the morning to do their job, and for whatever reason do not come home at night, and it it it's a sad note too, and yes they are defensive they have to be careful, uh, and yes you know if they if they take their gun out of their holster they got to write a whole document and and a book and report as far as what they're doing why when and where. And they've got so much with the cameras on them right now, too, that has to reinforce and back them up. And that's why this bad seed was found out and discovered and why he was almost uh, – should have been held more responsible than what it it was and what it appears. And I'm going to look at the video. But the bottom line is the men and women of blue, I still feel, are the foundation of our uh, society as far as keeping us safe, uh, helping the law-abiding citizens – to uh carry about their freedoms and and live life without fear of, of uh, having to um uh have some bad guy or bad woman uh, uh disrupt their their lives or their day and uh so i love the men and women blue uh well let's talk boxing yeah because i don't i'm, I'm not going to comment on that
1: no, for me I don't, I don't. um dillian white a guy that uh Uh, many people regard as a a legitimate uh, top contender in the heavyweight division, uh, is going to fight former uh, WBA heavyweight champion Lucas Brown. Now, if you remember, Lucas Brown uh, tested positive for steroids uh, a couple of times, was ultimately stripped of his title, and the uh, classless, garbage WBA is having uh, these jokes of a fight for the title. As a matter of fact, uh, Fres Quendo is still in the mix. And you're saying, Frez who? Exactly. He hasn't fought in three years, but he's still ranked number two or three by the WBA. But anyway, uh, Dillian White, whose uh, um, uh, nickname is the body snatcher. Uh, I, hoped, I wish they would have uh, uh, went in the history books and realized that Mike McCallum was the body snatcher. But anyway, um, it's been announced that Dillian White will uh, uh, fight Lucas Brown uh on uh, march 24th in london uh it'll be available on sky sports to all the uh uh, brits over there i wish i hope we can see it here in the states uh this is a big fight for the heavyweight division uh it should put um the winner of this fight in line to fight uh the two big names one of the two big names uh if uh the unification of all the belts hadn't taken place yet but uh wilder i know uh Dillian White wants a fight with Wilder. They were trying to set up a fight with Wilder against Dillian White, and then the winner fighting Anthony Joshua. But uh, you know, Deontay Wilder doesn't fight uh, any uh, real fighters. But uh, Brown and White set for March 24th. Uh, You know, normally we hear a lot of "I'm gonna do this," "I'm gonna do that," Sal. But uh, Dillian White said, "I can't wait. I hate Lucas Brown, and I want to hurt him." He said some nasty things, and he's gonna have to pay for him. You know. After all the things you hear and and uh, from these fighters as they're building up for a fight, the word hate very rarely comes out. I mean, you know, I don't like him. He's just talking smack. I'm going to make him eat his words. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I don't like him. We really don't like each other. We, you know, we generally don't like each other. But the word hate isn't used that much. What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's a strong word. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um. Yeah. That. Uh, that. Uh, that says a lot right there, and uh, I think uh, he's got to expand on that and, and give us some reasons behind that. But uh, that's a that's a pretty aggressive tone right there. I don't know. Uh, where's it gonna land? Uh, only the bouncing ball will let us know.
1: Tell you. I got some emails to read. Uh, this first one is from Jesse. He says, "Hey, Billy C and Sal. Let's be honest, Billy C. Terrence." he's talking about Terrence Crawford, is the better boxer overall. Jeff Horn will put his hands up and move, and Crawford will land at will. Horn will throw wild and telegraphed punches, uh, and uh, Crawford will counter easily with combination punches uh, and land on Horn. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen. I agree. That's what Manny Pacquiao should have done. There's no way. There's no way. Manny Pacquiao, even old-aged Manny Pacquiao, should have lost to Jeff Horn. And I am not disrespecting Jeff Horn in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he, uh, to me, is a is a, a a good fighter, a good contender, world champion. Uh, you know, I know he's got a belt and he is a world champion. But uh, the way I perceive what a world champion should be does not have Jeff Horn's name actually. And maybe he'll prove me wrong. He beats Terence Crawford. I'll be singing a different tune. He says, do you like the white versus brown bout? Does the winner get a big name? Yes and yes. Um, the I love the fight, um, and I think the winner of that fight is in line. You know, we got a couple of big fights in the heavyweight division, you know, uh, namely uh, Deontay Wilder against uh, Luis Ortiz. Uh, it is scheduled. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but it is on the books. Um, and then, of course, uh, Anthony Joshua. Uh, unifying with Joseph Parker. Um, you know, those two fights, we got Tyson Fury in the mix. Uh, maybe uh, Tyson Fury coming, uh, getting his license. Uh, maybe Tyson Fury fights the winner. You know, Tyson Fury's got to fight somebody before he gets a shot at uh, at, at uh,
0: Anthony Joshua. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I, I like I said, I was reading in the... Uh, ESPN uh, boxing news feed that uh, uh, it sounded like that Anthony Joshua was considering making a fight uh, off the bat with uh, with uh, Tyson Fury, and you know the only reason I could even see that that he would want to do so is to catch Tyson Fury on his first fight back to you know where he's been out of the element and out of the fight game for a while, and uh, the element of surprise and welcome back to the game would be definitely something that I think uh, would be in Anthony Joshua's favor. However, I don't think, and I do not agree, I think Tyson Fury's got to earn his way back. I think he should fight definitely somebody ranked in the top 10 of the world uh, on his comeback fight if he wants to be propelled immediately up to the title contention status. If he just wants to work his way up, he can fight anybody he wants. But the bottom line is if he wants to fight for the title in a year or whatever he wants this coming year, He should fight somebody in the top ten with his first fight back, and then we could talk about him fighting for the title.
1: No, he he definitely Tyson Fury definitely has to fight. So, I I know he's he's expecting to get a fast track. uh, Well, I know, I know. Yeah, but there's no way. I mean, you can't you can't you know because then because then if if you did do that. And let's just say Anthony Joshua wins. Everybody's gonna say, "Well, you know, he won." And even Tyson Fury could say, "Well, yeah, well, you won." I haven't fought in three years, you know. No, no, he needs to fight somebody, and he needs to look good. Yeah, absolutely. Jesse goes on to say, "Hey Billy, what's your thoughts on Tony Yoka?" Um, Tony Yoka, uh, could very well be the future uh, of the heavyweight division. Uh, Him and Triple D, Daniel uh, Dubois. uh, uh, are two uh, big, big names to keep an eye on, teams. and and Tom Schwartz, a German fighter, is uh, back in the mix too. He's going to be fighting soon. He had an injury, um, but uh, um, Tony Yoka, three and oh, two wins uh, by knockout. He's a six foot seven heavyweight uh, who uh, uh, is in great shape. I mean, he, he weighs two hundred forty pounds, but he's in he, he's he's in great shape. He's twenty five years old. He's from France. Uh, of his three fights check this out Sal now, now he was a good Olympian of course um but uh he's got three professional fights three and0 with two knockouts of his three fights his opponent's combined record 29 wins three losses wow. and two draws
0: wow. that's in three
1: fights um his Pretty pro good. debut his pro debut was against Travis Clark who was 12 and0 and it was a scheduled six round fight. And uh, uh, Yoka knocked him out in two. So to wow. say that this is a guy to keep an eye on is an understatement. So keep an eye on this yeah. guy. Uh, he says, uh, I, he says uh, this fight uh, was made between two young fighters, Eric DeLeon and Annie Vences. Uh, how do you see this matchup? Um, these two guys are in the featherweight division. Uh, it's, they're fighting each other uh, in March. And this is exactly the kind of fight that I say all the time that fighters need on their way up to improve. Now, these two guys are going at it. They're both undefeated. And in my opinion, a fight like this should have taken place uh, maybe five or six fights sooner. But nonetheless, uh, De Leon... He's 25 years old. He's a South boy. He's 17 and 0 with 10 knockouts. The computer ranks him in the featherweight division at number 41. Uh, Vences is uh, 20 and 0 with 12 knockouts. Uh, he's a righty. He's 26 years old, and he's ranked at number 47 by the computer. Uh, I think this is a great fight between two fighters uh, that seemingly are at the same point of their careers. And when you look at their resumes, they both have very like opponents, where they both have beaten the uh, regular sacrificial lambs, uh, and they sprinkled in a couple of good, experienced fighters in there. I love this fight, and I love this matchup. This is a throwback matchup. So that's what I keep saying, Sal. You know, we get rid of Floyd, and we see all this kind of stuff. You know, when Floyd's in the mix, nobody, everything's stagnant because, you know, they're waiting to see who he's going to fight. Well, well, you're right. And,
0: and you know, it, it, it's like I said, you know, the fans are smart enough; they they know who they want to see fight, and you know if if they they uh, vocalize that or if the media picks that up and starts touting it. Like I said, the media doesn't report the news every day the way they used to. They they stimulate and promote the news, and uh, I think uh, I think when you have two fighters on any level that uh, that want to fight each other they can use the media they can have their fan base and and that's that's the difference between fighters wanting to get in the ring and challenge themselves and fight the best then a promoter having to go through the song and dance and the marination period of putting two fighters together in the ring um
1: another email this is from my man mitch he says okay can we admit the wilder versus malik scott fight was fixed uh I say yes. He says, if no, stop reading this email right now. Okay, so he's got like a flow chart here for me. Uh, So uh, I say yes, so I'm going to move on. He says, if you said yes, uh, can we admit that the Ortiz drug case involved the brown paper bag of cash that was sent to Ortiz to sit out a few more months and get a little rusty? Uh, If you say no, stop reading this uh, email. If you say yes, Uh, He says, uh, then, do you have any suspicions about Wilder versus Ortiz and the fight? He means the one that's coming up now. If you think no, stop reading the email. If you think (laughs) yes, do you feel Ortiz is on the take? He says, do I feel Ortiz is on the take? Um, First of all, I, I, I do think that Malik Scott fight was fixed. I do think it's fishy about the uh, steroid, uh, where they, you know, wouldn't approve Ortiz after he was taking his uh, blood pressure medicine. Um, uh, do I think there's some suspiciousness about this fight? Even now, I have to admit, yes. Uh, do I feel that Ortiz is on the take? Ortiz needs to make some money. He's clearly a fighter that. Nobody wants a fight even at close to 50 years old. He's probably realistically 47 years old. I know he says he's 40, but uh, you know how those Cuban fighters are. Um, you know, I, I do think he's getting some side money and and when the, when and, and I'll tell you what makes me think that Sal, when his own team came out and said, we want to thank the WBC for looking out for the health and well-being of our fighter with his, with, the, with the blood pressure uh, medicine situation. <laughs> I mean, any other team would have been outraged and they would have demanded something else. Instead, they're, oh, hey, thank you, WBC. You know, the only thing that makes you thank them for, for making you miss out on a world title shot is if somebody handed you uh, some coin. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the same page here as Mitch. Uh, he says, uh, lastly... Uh, you know he says, I-, I just have a feeling that um, the Cuban has been bought out uh, behind the scenes just like uh, Berman Stavern's punk ass. and you know if anybody thinks that Stavern wasn't uh, paid off to do what he did, just look at uh, just look at his fat stomach and then to suggest, that he was dehydrated. He says, the reason why I looked thinner in the first fight is I was all dehydrated. (laughs) Come on. I know he didn't train. The guy couldn't even get up to do an interview. I mean, come on, man. Um, He says, lastly, do you think Deontay will reach out uh, to cut a business deal with Mike Tyson after this? And he's referring to the um, Deontay Wilder getting popped for the weed thing. Well uh, he says if he becomes a business business partner, then we'll have a special card that will allow him to transport weed uh whenever he wants to it'll because it's part of his business. Maybe that's why Wilder Ortiz hasn't been announced yet. Wilder has to green out of his system. Uh, I'd share a theory uh about Wilder and drug testing later. something I witnessed at a press conference that makes me suspicious. We'll share it now don't don't say that you saw something and you're gonna tell us. If you think that Wilder uh, is uh, using performance-enhancing drugs, let us know why. You, know, you can't just accuse. You know, people said that about Floyd. Obviously, they said that about Manny. You know, they say that about fighters, but you can't just say it. You gotta have you gotta have some proof. You know, we used to be here. We are back, and here we here we go back to the legal stuff, Sal. But we used to be: you're innocent until found guilty, until proven guilty. Now I can make an accusation that uh, Sal is a murderer, and Sal has to defend why he's not. You know, I shouldn't be allowed to say that unless I have some kind of concrete proof. Right, Sal? Well,
0: I, I'm, I'm, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> I just want to know, where did that I shovel? I, I just want to know, why do you carry around a shovel,
0: a bag of lime, and rubber gloves in the back of your car? Why, why do you have that? I explain that when I'm pulled over. I, I, I say, well, you know what? I, I do a lot of fishing. And and I do a lot of this is the I do a lot of metal detecting, so I have to have the shovel my back uh, back of my car because I I have a metal detector and I do a lot of things. The lime, you know, I want to do something because I'm, I'm trying to uh, um, uh, nullify. <laughs> well, I'm trying to I'm trying to use that in the soil where i do a lot of metal <laughs> detecting for a lot of reasons i thought you were trying to make your lawn come up a little greener because well it does i that want that lawn to come up a little greener <laughs> and 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 i have used that is that a I green thumb i see better. for years i've had uh, lime in my garage and lime in my trunk and uh along with the shovel i maybe it doesn't look good in the first time uh, first point but you know i lime lime um uh, mm-hmm. It's uh it 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 it's multi use uses are really uh, incredible. People t- you really know. Dude. People talk Break. to me. I always
1: go, hey man, lime. You know, oh man, I hate my wife. Eh, just you know, you need a bag of lime, man. You know. Easy, uh, easy, uh, easy. uh I, 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 I always say, I hope they never go uh, excavating along the Deconic State Parkway because you know how many bodies they're gonna find. Oh, jeez. Oh, anyway, it. let's move on. Um, <laughs> we got one more email. Uh, this one's from. Uh,
0: Man, did we get off topic today? This uh, one, you know, let th- me tell you something. You see some of the comments in the chat room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, Johnston, he says, "Hey, Billy C and Sal, uh, the UK's top two promoters are at it again." Frank Warren, Frank Warren is fuming with Eddie Hearn after he announced Amir Khan's comeback fight will be on the same night as Carl Frampton takes on Nonito Donaire. Warren pulled no punches in a recent rant. Uh, At Eddie Hearn, when he said, this is uh, Frank Warren, we announced ours first. We're not going to change the date because Khan is now fighting on the same night. What I say is that we've got a real fight in Frampton against Donair. Let's face it, Khan will be fighting a stiff, whereas we've got two live fighters. It's a stupid decision. You wouldn't have had Manchester United and Manchester City Uh, which are English football teams playing in separate matches at the same time on two different channels, would you? It just shows that he, meaning Eddie Hearn, has got no respect for the sport. It's so stupid. Uh, Either way, it means significantly lower audiences for both fights because of our best two promoters can't talk to each other. uh, After all, a bit uh, daft, if you ask me. Well, I got news for you. Um, that has been a uh, uh, a process here in the States for a long time. They try to, you know, and I don't understand it quite honestly myself, you know, where they'll put the uh, two big fights on the same night, you know, one being a pay-per-view, one not being a pay-per-view. They just try to needle each other. And, uh, you know, if the promoters worked together, we would have so many more fights, you know, but that's the whole point. I always say promoters don't promote anymore. You know, it's. They're not real promoters. You know, Eddie Hearn, I think, is. But uh, anyway, he says uh, Warren's also in negotiations. Warren was also in negotiations with Khan before he decided to go to Matchroom. He says, uh, this is again, Frank Warren. Khan approached me. He wanted to fight Pacquiao, and that's something we could have had done. Uh, We had him... uh, uh, in his early days meaning khan and we had some good nights with him so we made him an offer but he obviously chose the other route khan's value of himself doesn't match our value of him he's been out of the ring for two years and he's coming off a knockout loss but he's done his deal and good luck to him um you know i mean uh, amir khan uh uh i know he reminds you of hillary clinton oh i shouldn't have said that but uh anyway uh uh, i was gonna uh,
0: say some female politician yeah
1: but uh uh joshua uh coach rob mccracken wants uh anthony joshua be to be lighter for his fight against parker this is something coach has said in the chat room several times he said the emphasis on being as quick as possible and taking as little as as taking as little punishment as possible uh, is uh, would allow him to do that by losing the weight. He, if he's a bit lighter uh, than he was in his last fight, uh, he's probably eased off a bit on the conditioning side of things strength-wise. He's saying that he's lighter now. Uh, we do 12 weeks for his fight, so I can give him some days off during camp here and there as we go. He's done four weeks, weeks with me in London before Christmas, boxing and cardio, so he's in good shape. Sharper and a little bit leaner than he was of late. Uh, and uh, Johnson says, "enjoy, enjoy the weeks. Uh, he's he have a puka time, as us Londoners would say. What, what does a puka time mean? Puka to me means not a fun time. I wonder what that means in uh, uh, London, Sal. Puka time? That
0: sounds sickening. <laughs> I, I, you're a funny guy. I have a lot of customers from uh, London, and uh, I'll ask them what that means.
1: You know, we got a we got a pretty big uh, listener base uh, from uh, from the UK, and uh, I've always thought that we could do this show uh, in London. And if I had to move there, to to I, I just think that there's more boxing people in in England. Man, they respect the sport more. Uh, they come out to the live events more. And quite honestly, I think they got the better fighters right now. I really do. I mean, when you when you really look at the and and the the biggest thing I like about the European fighters, specifically the Brits, they fight each other. They're not well, afraid they to make the domestic fights. No. They don't take. They don't look at a
0: fighter with a loss or two as being a done fighter. I mean, just look at David Price. <laughs> well, I know, and and they do challenge each other, and you know they challenge themselves, and uh, no, they they they're not afraid to fight each other or any opposition. That's what I like about them. They are a throwback to what we used to uh, remember being uh, how, how it was in boxing. And uh, the UK, as you suggest, often uh, that they did, they did, and they still continue to carry the sport of boxing on their back, as far as what they can do, and as far as the fights and the excitement and the fan base. I mean, those fans over there, they they come out in droves just to support the fight their fighters.
1: Yeah, that's and something.
0: Celebrate! That, it's an event. Yeah, well, that's something that the uh, the uh,
1: coach says puka means first class, right, Willie? He's asking Willie because he's Willie's a Brit. Um, they, uh, they, they they there's something that we don't do here in the states is is go to the live events as much. You know, even even Floyd Mayweather, who's you know the the biggest pay per view draw, you know could draw millions watching from their couch, but he didn't even sell out uh, you know fifteen thousand seats uh, in in the in the stadium. You know, so it just goes to show you, you know, it wasn't his selling power. It was the you know fat lazy McDonald's eating Americans that uh, don't like to leave their couch you know but uh, anyway hey listen boys and girls don't forget Sal and I are off all next week we return on Wednesday uh, January twenty uh, fifth uh, and the reason is because I'm heading south uh, to uh, Saint Simon's Island in Georgia uh, at the Sea Palms Resort because Sal and I are doing our next event. It's, the, it's our holiday after the holidays party, Friday, one week from today, January 19th at the CPOMS. So we want you to come on down, uh, be part of our live audience as we show you not one, not two, not three, but four uh, classic fights uh, on the big screen. And uh, my man Field mentioned uh, uh, Roberto Duran against De Jesus, uh And uh, that's one of the fights, man. That's one of the fights we're going to be showing. Uh, on the big screen, they fought,
0: so they fought three times.
1: I know, and we're going to be showing one of those fights. I'm not going to tell you which one, but we are showing one of those as three other uh, classic fights as well. Uh, so we want you guys to come on down. Uh, we are going to uh, put out some food for you and have a cash bar. Ray Mercer is going to be joining us, and uh, uh, we'll have some other uh, former world champions there and some special guests. It's going to be a good time, and of course, Sal and time. myself will be there. And, uh, Uh, we're, uh, I'm looking forward to it, Sal. I'm fasting. I'm getting ready to eat at your place and, uh, uh, you know, have all the good stuff ready because, uh, I'm coming and I mean, and I mean, the good stuff. Don't forget that, that, uh, you know, Hey, did you ever get the uh, monkey shoulder scotch in? Remember, I you was telling what? you about Thanks that.
0: Thanks for asking me. You want the? I'm going to write that down. Monkey shoulder. Yeah. Monkey no, I'm good.
1: I'm, I'm good with black. I'm good with black, or you know, I'm I'm a doer. We got the we got
0: the we got the Johnny Walker oh, the Blue. We got the Johnny Walker Black. We got the, the Johnny. If If yeah, you're those ready, my to, two favorite blue. colors from my fight days: black and blue. Yeah. If you If you If you break out the blue, I'm I'm
1: good for that. You know, but uh, doers twelve is good too. You know, hey, actually Doors. pinch. Remember pinch? Can you even it's, get? Can you even get pinch from distributors I, anymore?
0: Yes, I sure can. I can get anything.
1: Ooh, ooh. Hey, you know what? Just, just, just. I want all, all I ask for, besides all that scotch and everything else. All I ask for is that you make me that. That you know how I always come in and have the pizza first, then I eat all yes, the other great yes, stuff. Yes, I, yes. I, you got no one makes it like you. I know that. I know uh, you got your 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 uh, uh, pizza makers, and you know uh, everybody else doing the stuff and 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 all of that. But no one made the pie like you. You know how it's supposed to be made. I do. do. So I'm looking for you for that. So I want to see the apron on when I come down there. You're going to see the
0: apron on, and I'm going to give you an introduction. My breakfast pizza I thought you were going to say And you're going to have an apron on too Billy C And a mop and a a bucket Because
1: you're going to be Cleaning up the place But uh, (laughs) anyway Make sure you guys join us Because it's always a good time Ask anybody that's been there And I'm still keeping my fingers crossed Uh, Coach I hope these construction workers Coach has got on his house uh, Get the job done Because if they do Then we're going to see Coach And his lovely wife down there So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that Hey listen On this day January 12th in boxing history in 1993, Juan Caggi knocks out Morris East in the eighth round to win the WBA World Junior Welterweight title, and that took place in Argentina on this day in 1993. Uh, on this day in 2002, Alicio Freitas uh, wins a 12-round uh, decision over Joel Casamayora to win the WBA World Junior Lightweight title that took place in Argentina. Uh, uh, Las Vegas. On this day in 1963, Pone Kingpitch wins a 15-round decision over Fighting Harada to regain th- the world flyweight title. It took place in Bangkok. On this day in uh, 1900, Kid McCoy. Now, now I just want to say, Kid McCoy. You, you remember the term "Sal the Real McCoy"? It's the Real McCoy. Yeah, right. that Real was McCoy. that was that was coined. By the press when Kid McCoy fought, because Kid McCoy had the bad reputation of sometimes uh, not being on the up and up with fights. Uh, He would uh, magically lose and everything. And then when they would write the fight, uh, write about the fight, they would say it's the real McCoy, meaning that this is going to be a fight that uh, is real, not 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 a fake one. Um, So, uh, let me ask you another: Do you know who? How the uh how the f- uh, f- uh phrase
0: bring home the bacon was was, was came about? No, but I, I I'm gonna write this trivia down because that's what I like to talk about. You know when we're watching WSA cell TV. Well, it's the, trivia. This the, is great. Bring home the bacon. I'm gonna say had to do with maybe a herd of pigs. I'm not sure. No, no. It it actually had to do with uh with uh, Sam Lankford,
1: Okay. And he was uh, uh, go, he was fighting and his mother told him to bring home the bacon. you know, That's win the fight, funny. bring home the bacon. meaning the money, you know absolutely. Uh, yeah. so uh, anyway, I'm pretty sure it was Sam Langford. Am I screwing up? No, uh, I is, it, is it Sam <laughs> Is it Sam Langford? Uh, no, I'm sorry. it's not Sam Bull. I'm sorry, I, I'm wrong. It's not Sam Langford. It was Joe Gans. I I knew Joe Gans. I, yeah, Joe Gans. Uh, it, what happened was when he, when he had his big uh, world title fight. I don't know why I said Sam Langford, but when he was having his big right. uh world title fight with Battling Nelson, it was a huge uh fight uh, in in uh, that that was a fight that lasted three hours in a hundred degree uh heat in in uh, the desert in in uh, Goldfield Nevada. But anyway, uh, he was uh, telegraphed uh, from his mother uh, to Joe Gant said, "Bring home the bacon, son," and uh, and that was uh that that term was was used ever since then so anyway on this day in 1900 you know there's nothing worse than trying to give a trivia question and getting it wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was That's joe gans itself. that became a new question it was joe gans not sam langford but anyway on this day in 1900 kid mccoy uh knocks out joe really? Chwinski uh at the end of the third round uh in their fight that took place in brooklyn new York. Uh, was uh, dragged back to his corner but was not able to continue to start the fourth round. Um, Kid McCoy improved to 45 wins, 8 losses, and 5 draws. And uh, Choyensky dropped to uh, 68 wins, 6 losses, and 9 draws. Uh, If you guys recall, Joe Choyensky did some time for fighting uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time, Jack Johnson. And uh, in jail, Joe Choyensky actually taught Jack Johnson a lot about the sweet science. And I'm talking about the sweet science, learning how to avoid punches and stuff like that. And uh, Jack Johnson gave Joe Chuinski a lot of credit uh, for doing so. And finally, on this day, January 12th, 1956, Boxing Hall of Famer and all-time great top pound-for-pound fighter, Sam Langford, uh, dies at 72 years old in Boston. He had a career record of, get this, 179 wins, 128 of them by knockout, 30 losses, 39 draws. He also fought during a newspaper decision, uh, 31 wins, 14 losses, and 16 draws in newspaper decisions, which totaled 316 fights that they have records of. Many people think that wow. he's closer to 400. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990. And if you've ever read uh, Clay Moyle's book on Sam Lankford, if you've never read it, make sure you read it. It's a great story. And, uh, uh, you know, all of the negative things that they did to Sam Langford on his dying, you know, the last years what of his life. Up, um, in the last years of his life, this guy was blind and uh, was sitting in a uh, uh, was living basically off the handouts and stuff. And um, all he had was a folding chair and a card table and a radio uh, in wow. his apartment in Boston and never complained. He was interviewed, never bitched and moaned and woulda, coulda, shoulda, all the people that robbed money from him and stuff, uh, never complained. And and as a matter of fact, uh, I had the uh, luxury of meeting his uh, granddaughter, uh, and uh, she remembers uh, uh, seeing him as a little girl, and she says, the one thing I remember about my grandfather was uh, the cigar smoke. He used to smoke cigars, and uh, people used to bring him that with a meal every now and then, and that's how he survived in the latter part of his uh, uh, life. you know. But uh, wow. Anyway, uh, we lost a good one on this day in 1956. Hey, man, that concludes our show for today. Uh, like I said, we will uh, not be back live until uh, Wednesday, January 25th, so make sure you tune in Wednesday morning, January 25th. Same bad times, same bad channel. Uh, until then, I hope I see you in St. Sam- Simon's next week. Uh, whether you come down just for the event on the 19th or whether you come and spend uh, the week with us at Sal's, that'll be great. Come on down and spend some time with me and Sal. And uh, we won't show you Sal's uh, lime collection and all of that stuff. Don't worry about that. It'll be a very safe weekend. Uh, We have plenty of uh, up-and-up police officers uh, uh, around us, and I I hope they don't throw me in the back of a trunk with a bag of lime and a shovel and some black tape uh, and make me disappear uh, because of the comments I was making. Uh, But, uh, hey, listen, uh, make sure you come down. Enjoy the time. Tune in when we come back on the 25th. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. (laughs)
0: da na 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 na